The following audio is via a Skype call. You are listening to Life Design Radio, from adversity to awesome, with me, Susan DiLorenzo. Tune in each month as I join with Dr. Pat and offer up the best tools for pulling the gems from adversity and designing a life you would really love. Have you experienced adversity in your life? Are you ready to leverage it and create a life you really love? No matter where you are in your adversity story, the topics on Life Design Radio are here to inspire, reassure, enlighten, and motivate you. Why wait? Let's get started. Mm. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Uh, I'm Dr. Pat, and I get to share the stage here with Susan DiLorenzo on Life Design Radio. Hey, everyone. Um, you know, Susan, let's just give folks a little backdrop for today, uh, for today's topic. And the reason that I think it's important to do that is sort of to set the stage for, you know, one of the things we know that happens worldwide. We see the level of anxiety. We see the level of what happens to people. I mean, I, I shared the other day that, you know, based on the latest study that was done, international study, you know, there was a question about where did America show up? Where did the U.S. show mm. up? Show up? Uh, and one of the reports I heard, and I, I'm still trying to fact check this to completely, but they pinpointed the United States of America as uh, right at the top for uh, highest anxiety states. I can uh, believe it. Yeah. 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 And so today we're looking at, you know, circumstances. So tell us a little ba- bit about what's to come when we're thinking about circumstances and what circumstances say, do, act, or encourage about our thinking. Yes. So let's start with this, Dr. Pat. There's still many of us who were raised to believe this, but believe that life just happens to us. We've been brought up this way. It's a conditioning. It's, it's contagious. <laughs> Guess what happened to me today? Oh, you wouldn't believe what happened to me today, right? And, and more and more of us now, though, are getting a lot more interested in learning about how our thoughts create our reality. And why is that? Because we're looking at a reality and it doesn't look so good and it is causing anxiety, it is causing upset, and we're feeling helpless about it. And I am so happy that we're doing this show today because you know, we do hear about how, you know, we can change our thinking to create new results. And boy, that sounds so easy, but it's just not. It's not easy, but it's worth it. And you hear that a lot with exercise, with all kinds of things, eating right. But here is something about what are we feeding our mind? What are we feeding in terms of our purpose? So raising our awareness to notice where our belief system is, is so worth taking on. And I just want us all to check in right now. How would you say and I mean the listener here, dear listener, how would you say your life is going right now? This is just an invitation to open up and consider what areas of your life are calling to you for a reframe, for um, a reframe of your thinking in order to change your results, because it really does begin there. We can go on any diet, we can go on any kind of exercise plan and have the best of intentions and the habits we want, but until we implant them in our brain, 
um, we're not going to get there very easily. We'll have like a few weeks. You hear about the dieter who loses 10 pounds and they go back and they gain them all back and maybe a few more. The lottery winner who thinks, okay, life is easy now. I've got all this money. And then a year later, they're back where they started. And it has everything to do with a mindset, a level of deserving, a level of self-esteem. And so we're going to really take a look at that today and, uh, and check in with ourselves on that, but not as a blame game, like, oh, no, I'm thinking all the wrong things. I'm ruining my life. No, this is an awareness game. What am I thinking? How is that affecting my life? And what can I do to change that? So... That's where I'm headed. What do you think? Well, you know, and one of the things I want to say about that, too, is that there's an end game in mind. Yes. And we should talk about the end game. Yes. Um, uh, you know, I, I got to study with Stephen Covey a number mm. of years back. And, you know, one of the things I remember, I mean, everybody remembers, like, most of what he did in terms of an author. But yes. most people can't remember his seven habits of highly effective people. You know, they can't rattle them off. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But there are two prominent, I think, figure, uh, figures that have written books that I remember. Uh, one is Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, mm -hmm. who wrote the book, The Four Agreements. And love by the it. way, I love Don, love his sons. And the bottom line is nobody can do those four agreements that I know of <laughs> perfectly. They can't no. do it perfectly. None of this stuff is perfect. Right. Yeah. But the other was Stephen Covey. And I want to talk about two things with this and ask you to comment on it. Okay. Stephen Covey says two things. One, of course, you're listening to understand, but that's not what I'm talking about today. He says, you've got to begin with the end in mind. And I think the hardest thing for people to connect the dots about what we're talking about today is why would I need to even think about this? Yeah, great conversation. I've heard it before. But there's an end in mind. And yeah. let's stop for a minute and talk about that. Because you see the title of your show you know, is life design radio from adversity to awesome. And mm. the question has to be, which one am I going to choose? Yes. Now, if somebody said to me the other day, Susan, I want you to comment on this. Somebody said to me the other day, well, wait a minute, there's adversity, there's awesome, but there's a whole range. I said, no, oh. there really isn't. There's adversity, awesome. And then there's a midpoint. And that midpoint is mediocre yeah. or complacency. Settling. Yeah. And we can do that. So give us an give us the end in mind question around this, yes. because this is like, how would you respond when we're being asked about our circumstances? Well, if you don't have an end game in mind, that's going to get in the direction of what your show is about. And maybe your end game in mind is to stay in the middle of chaos and adversity. <laughs> then this is not the show for you. Right? This <laughs> is like right. go to another show. <laughs> but let's talk about so, the end in mind from your own personal story, because yes. you had an end in mind. I did. But in, in, in answer to this, there's mm -hmm. two kinds of ways we can look at that. One yeah. is a really general cool. thing. I used to just wish for happiness. Gee, it would be great to what, you know, when somebody asked me what I want, oh, I just want to be happy. If we don't get really clear on what it is that makes us happy, what it is that makes us light up in life, we really have to go on a mission to discover these things sometimes. But it's done through what we've talked about before, longing and discontent. We notice when things light us up. We notice when we're in the wrong place. Like I talk about being in a corporate cubicle job saying, oh my gosh, this is so not me. How much longer do I have to do this? Like I was waiting for permission from somebody else to swoop in with this great new job for me and didn't realize I had 
to give myself that job. I had to take the action, but I had to know what. What am I moving? I know what I wanted to move away from, but now the next question is, what am I moving towards? Well, and that ha- is also true in terms of coming out of cancer, being so happy that I had a clean diagnosis mm. and then having my marriage fall apart. I, I kidded about, you know, I thought the universe was kicking my butt, but it was actually cleaning my house. And 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 instead of that, um, I got a chance to say, okay, it's not just about happiness. It's about what makes me happy, about taking good care of myself, about having great health, about having wonderful friends, about having a mate who truly loves and appreciates me. But where did I have to start? back in me again, back in how I treated myself and what I thought, you know, we're driven by the subconscious mind and that produces our results and experiences. And its motto is your thoughts are my command. It's not your wish is my command. Your thoughts are my command. And I have a poem that I love that my mentor shares with people all the time. And it's called, who am I? And this will just take a minute, folks. So listen in. Who am I? I am your greatest helper or heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I am completely at your command. Half the things you do, you might just as well turn over to me, and I will be able to do them quickly and correctly. I'm easily managed, but you must Be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done. And after a few lessons, I will do it automatically. I am the servant of all great people and, alas, of all failures as well. Those who are failures, I have made failures. I am not a machine, though I work with all the precision of a machine plus the intelligence of a human being. You may run me for profit or turn me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me. Train me, be firm with me, and I will place the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who am I? I am your thinking. Or it's also said, I am your habit. Mm -hmm. And now that sounds so scary, right? Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. But you get the idea of this poem. I do. It's really just about let's manage this thing. Let's manage it. When we have, this is the keys to the kingdom. I know that sounds so huge, but really managing what our thinking is because most of us just are on automatic pilot. We're on default. And so when we own and take ownership of our lives, we no longer blame other people when life isn't going our way. We get out of victim mode and we get out of a pattern. So in terms of thoughts creating our reality, we're looking at our thoughts much like in a rearview mirror, we're looking at yesterday's patterns and and our past, and it's reflected in today, our current circumstances. And in my case, it would have been understandable and believe me, even preferable <laughs> at the time to put the blame of cancer on random behaviors, on environment, as well as blame the end of my marriage on my mate at the time for wanting to leave. You know, I was in a difficult marriage, and if I were honest with myself at the time, I knew at a deeper level at the beginning of our relationship that it would be difficult. And there were many warning signs, both internal and external, but I honestly believed at the time no one else even wanted me. My self-esteem 
was really in the toilet. And I really thought, oh my gosh, this is it. If, if I don't marry this guy, I'm done for. And I can't have that family I wanted. I can't have all the things my married friends, you know, the perception you get about what you think is on, on the other end of the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> if you can just snag that gold ring. And it wasn't my gold ring, but I kept uh, looking at it. I just couldn't connect all the dots in detail between my feelings and thoughts about myself with the disease as well as myself in the marriage. But I know now they're intricately connected and that's where my passion is in terms of my clients and getting a message out there that once we have the awareness, you know, whether it's about self-esteem, about disease, we can be motivated to work on building ourselves back to a life we deserve to live well and begin appreciating just starting with being alive. That's our first opportunity. Not everybody's eyes opened up today. (laughs) So look at it that way. We're paving the way, not only for ourselves, but for others by being an example to them to celebrate a new energy and a new appreciation about ourselves and the possibilities in our lives. Well, you know, and one of the things that, you know, we're we're talking about here today too, Susan, and I think it'd be good to just skip the break because I want to make sure we get this in, is, you know, a lot of times we've looked at science, certain scientific studies. I I point to Herbert Benson, you know, Harvard Medical School, brilliant, brilliant man who wrote a book way back. I don't even want to say like way back. Mm. Um, uh, about the uh, about mindfulness, but he didn't call it that. He, you know, he talked about it as a response. But his book came out, and 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 he had the M word in it, and the M word people don't want to hear. That's meditation. So if you heard the oh. M word in it in the book, then you pretty much didn't flip the page. But the <laughs> body of work he did specifically addresses what you're saying. And he used a brilliant example to explain the connections that we have in our mind that affects our body. And he went and explained this in no uncertain detail with a brilliant example of how many connections, you know, and what he talked about was laying a sheet of paper on a table. And he said, now continue to lay that sheets of paper on a desk. This is how many connections. Now imagine those sheets of paper reaching the moon right? Individual sheets of paper. And then he said, well, now put more sheets of paper on the table. And now look, now they reach in Mars. And he went on and on about this until he finally hit like, I don't know, one of the outside planets. And then what he said is, you know, that's not even it. You have to put a sheet of paper on a table to reach as far as 16 billion light years away to get the connections in the brain. And what you're talking about is that's the power. Now, the ball is in our court. What are we going to do? Are we going to take the three-point shot or are we (laughs) going to pass the ball? So isn't this part of what you're saying here today to help us understand that we get to choose, but how we get to choose, isn't that the essence of your work? Yes. Yes, it does. And what is that choice? It begins with a decision to choose because nothing Nothing can happen without an absolute decision because after the decision 
becomes more of a commitment, a dedication to it, and knowing that we don't have to be perfect at it, but we're going to show up every day until we, little by little, notice, hey, you know what? My life is getting better. I'm doing this stuff. It seemed weird to me at first. It didn't seem natural to me at first, but I've put it into practice, and oh my God, I love my life now, and it's only getting better, and I'm going for more things because I know this stuff works. So, for example, I talk about how poorly I was really treated uh, by my marriage. Mm. And, uh, and it's just useful to consider how we may indirectly give these signals to people on how to treat us that can be directly linked to our thoughts and beliefs regarding our worthiness and self-esteem. And uh, I love this quote. Eleanor Roosevelt is just a bounty of quotes, but uh, no one, she says, can make you feel inferior without your consent and that was me starting at a very early age. And we can start handling where we're going to take that. And by treating ourselves first, how do you carry yourself when you walk into a room? What are you saying to yourself when you look in the mirror? Uh, are you saying, oh, I, I look terrible today. Oh, God, I've got to lose that 10 pounds. I am just not. I'm so tired. All right. Everything you're feeding your brain, that's the stuff we want to start noticing so we can reframe this stuff. And being afraid of confrontation, that was another one for me. Uh, being afraid of making mistakes, that was huge on how I tempted to what I call tiptoe through my life, which is another way of saying I'm putting this on default and trying not to be noticed. But I was just trying to fit in and glide under the radar. I, I wanted acceptance, but not the spotlight. Oh, no. <laughs> there was too much room for my uh, what I call dreaded criticism and humiliation. So with this mindset, said, I did have a pleasant and safe life, a corporate cubicle job and, uh, you know, a decent house. And yes, I had a tough marriage, but I just convinced myself, well, this is good enough until cancer came around and divorce came around. So um, that was when it was saying, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and that, people may not know, we're not talking about these coming around sort of like at different points in time. You know, a lot of times what happens is, and let's let's get back to, you know, the show topic today, Susan, which is about circumstances. For those right. of you just tuning in, Susan DiLorenzo and I are talking about, you know, our circumstances and whether or not we actually believe uh, that they, first of all, that they have power over how we feel emotionally, how we live our lives. But more importantly, what are the uh, benefits, possibilities of understanding the power they have and using them to our advantage? Um, you know, when it rains, it pours. My mom used to say that. <laughs> when it rains, it pours. You know, you right. and I are similar. When I, when I got sick, you thought, wow, okay, you're sick, really sick. And, you know, everybody around you, your friends, your family, your partner, they're all in. They're going to sit there and they're going to support you. No. We now <laughs> know that out of the divorce, the people that get divorced, there's a percentage of the divorce rate of people yeah. that have chronic illnesses. And the percentage of people with chronic illnesses in the divorce category their primary, I think it's like 80% of it's them, it's high. it was yeah. for the disease. Mm -hmm. And so we have to learn some tools on our own because this is a place where we've been given free will. But the question you're asking is, what are we going to choose? That's right. And that's where we're going in this next segment, too, is thinking about what steps we can take to start moving the molecules in our favor, is the way I like to say it. Because if our subconscious is doing that, we want to get really, really... Um, aware 
of where we're, what are we thinking? And the greatest phrase I learned was notice what you're noticing. What thoughts and beliefs are cropping up for your inspection? Because the key to changing what's going on in our lives is an inside out job. It takes practice catching ourselves at patterns of destructive thought or expectations that are quite low and and really debilitating and then replacing these with beliefs and thoughts that will serve what we'd love rather than what we fear or even the same old stuff and move on from that. It's a building job. And it just reminds me, Pat, of that old Henry Ford quote, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. We wanna start thinking more and more in the can category. (laughs) And I would need a telescope today to look back at the old me. But I keep, I wanna hit on this over and over again. No matter where you are in your circumstance, the desire has to be there to say, I'm done with this. And then the next step is, I have to take ownership of this. No one is going to come and rescue me. I am my own rescuer. And it's always a work in progress. Even to this day, I always have things, oh, you know, I'm being hard on myself here, or I'm, I'm getting worried, I'm getting nervous. And then I get the chance to reframe it. I don't stay there like I used to and just build upon that horrible feeling of panic and worry and not being good enough. That was another one. So working with my awareness to catch myself in negative uh, thought patterns One recommendation I give my clients is to give themselves a prompt to check in on their thinking. So it could be switching on a light or when they're opening a door or even washing their hands. You know, you pick a repeated motion that will prompt you to ask, where is my thinking right now? And how can I use this moment to recalibrate it if it's not serving me? And to, you know, what not serving me and what I say I want in my life. Those are two big ones. And I also recommend that my clients write down what I call their negative playlist. Like I was just saying that stuff where you're not good enough, you need yeah. to lose weight, you know. And then uh, it lights up the awareness. They're seeing this stuff written down in front of them. And then we get the opportunity to come up with what I like to call thought antidotes to replace them. You know, many of us hear ourselves saying this negative stuff. And, you know, even good guys finish last and I just don't have any luck, you know. And if some of these are on your playlist, you're not alone. These are just common, common things that we make our reality. And there's definitely something you can do about it. So that old playlist is often tied to our level of deserving, our expectations of what we think we can get in life, not what we really want, and our self-esteem. And so we look largely into our past to predict and then repeat our future and thereby seeing same stuff, different day. It certainly can block an open door to what we say we want in our future. So we begin by asking ourselves, if the thought we're holding, this negative, nasty thought that's really self-sabotaging, we want to ask, you know, is this true? And 
do I want this to be true? In most cases, the answer is going to be no. So what can we do at that point with that? I love, that's why getting on a, a call with a coach weekly or meeting with your coach weekly, I get the chance to hear this kind of talk and we get to reframe it together. I'll often be saying, did you hear what you just said there? And I'll repeat it back and they're like, whoa. And, and then as we go further along, they're catching themselves and they're like, whoa, whoa, did you hear that? And I say, well, what can you say instead of that? What, how, can you, how can we re reframe that? And then they're coming up with their evocative, real answers. That's coming from a core place. And so we develop a core of antidote phrases to these negative beliefs and expectations. And that's why I just love Louise Hay and her many, many positive affirmations. And one of my all-time favorite replacements whenever I'm in a completely frustrating place and I don't have the perfect antidote, this is a fix-all for me, is life loves me. <laughs> and I just begin to take note of the many way that life loves me. Okay, somebody held an elevator for me. Somebody let me uh, go first in line at the express checkout because I only had one item. Or some car lets me into an intersection. And in Boston, that's a big deal. <laughs> so um, yeah, you'll just find ways. You And what am I doing there? I'm changing where I'm focusing my life and not on how life can't stand me. And it's another piece of, yeah, you know, yuck in my life. <laughs> so it's where we put our focus, what we put our focus on grows. So it's important to get clear on what it is we'd love to grow. There's a, a cute little phrase. I've seen this in Facebook over and over. If you guys are Facebook folks, life is a garden and thoughts are the seeds. We can grow flowers or we can grow weeds. And the weeds, as we know, don't need any cultivation. They are at the ready to take over, just like our negative thinking. But the flowers, like our thinking, must be tended to in order to grow and maintain themselves. That, is, that job never ends. That job is something, no matter how long you're doing it, it's much like building anything else in our lives. It's always going to be a work in progress, but we just get better and better at it. So uh, one of the things, Susan, I think that's important is to to really let folks know that this idea of what we put our focus on grows. It sounds so simple. And oh, yeah. yet, have you ever tried to put your focus on something that you really wanted to put your focus on? But because of all of the range of emotions, all of the range of distractions, all of the things that you've been carrying around, right? Sometimes you're carrying yes. around days, weeks, some people carry around decades, some people carry around past lives, but you're carrying them around. And until the garden is so overfilled with weeds <laughs> that you can't see where you planted the seeds. Right on. Right. Yeah. So let's do this. First of all, uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Tell folks, number one, how they can find out more about you. So yes. let's make sure we do that. Um, and then, you know, also let them know how they can work with you uh, in the coaching work you do. Yes, I'd love to. So if you can get to know me at my website, 
susandelorenzo.com, S-U-S-A-N-D-E-L-O-R-E-N-Z-O. You're going to see past radio shows. You're going to see my blogs. You're going to see upcoming events. You'll get a sense of who I am and, and what I really am passionate about. And if that connects with you, I would love to talk to you. If you're in a place, especially overcoming adversity, where you know you don't want to stay where you are and you want to grow and be in a life that's really when you wake up in the morning, you're saying, oh, my God, I love my life. There's no struggle here. It's just working on myself, but it's not anything I'm not willing to do to get work to where I want to go. And that's the work we do together. So reach out to me also at Susan at SusanDLorenzo.com. You can message me through the website or you can email me. Um, let's do this. One of the things I love is being able to continue the conversation, progressive conversations, what it is. We're going to take a short break, everybody. When we come back, we're going to take a look at what some of these beliefs are that we're carrying forward. You know, are they family beliefs? Are they childhood events? Are they events that happen, you know, which are society views normal, right? And what do we do with those? Even if we convince ourselves that they really don't matter. What is the ripple effect? What is the impact? You know, what toll does anxiety and stress have on your life? And I'm not just talking about this thing at work because there's a concept in psychology, it's called spillover. That and much more we're gonna talk about with Susan DiLorenzo. We'll be right back. Do you want the knowledge and wisdom to understand where spirituality, science, and psychology intersect? Then join the Karmic Path Radio Show with Tina and Laura on TransformationTalkRadio.com, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific. Follow this charmingly, disarmingly dynamic duo as they explore how psychic ability, spirituality, and karmic law tie together. For more information on Tina, Laura, and their groundbreaking work, visit TheKarmicPath.com. Are you ready to broadcast your brand ideal with the latest in information technology? Bioresonant software distills your brand ideal or intention and enhances your core internal organizing principle. This has a tremendous impact on your organization's alignment as well as the behavior, satisfaction, and the retention of its employees. Your physical business structure can unfurl, opening up the possibilities of creating an energetic presence for a brand even ahead of its launch. Check out JeanetteWolf.com for more on a signature frequency branding. If you have a sense that you are meant for more, join Heather Allison every third Tuesday at noon Pacific as she explores an ancient forgotten energy within us and helps us access our original archetypal blueprint. The Golden Path will help you remember the key to unlocking your life, love, success, and magic you were meant for. A key to unlocking your golden path. Visit heather-allison.com. Have you ever wondered if there's a way to heal the deep, hidden, inner issues, wounds, beliefs, and traumas? The journey into spiritual healing engages people in all areas of their lives to heal themselves and others. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Dr. Jaffe brings conversations of healing of body, mind, and spirit as he merges the excellence of traditional medicine with the beauty of spiritual healing. For more information about Dr. Jaffe, this show, and his work, visit drjaffemd.com. 
Awareness is universal. Establishing a living awareness through meditation brings peaceful, healthy, and creative well-being into your everyday life. The practice of living awareness, Spirit Fire's own meditation practice, is built on this belief and is designed for every level of practitioner. Each year, Spirit Fire hosts living awareness meditation retreats that allow you to explore the practice in depth at our retreat center in beautiful Western Massachusetts. Introduce yourself to meditation and the practice at the Foundations Retreat. Attend, in silence, a silent meditation retreat focused on mindfulness, presence, and nature. Or be engaged with the meditation sittings themselves at the Deepening Retreat. Start adding to your awareness and attend a meditation retreat designed to cultivate consciousness in your everyday life. For details on attending a Living Awareness Meditation Retreat, visit upcoming events at www.spiritfire.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Susan DiLorenzo and I are here. We're talking about something that I find is perhaps at an epidemic level. And the reason I say that is because I don't think anybody could have predicted that we would be bombarded with uh, so much information at our fingertips 24-7. Um, we know we now know that for um, a large body of, of folks out there of all ages, it's extremely difficult to unplug from either social media, television. Uh, I found myself last night after dropping Linda off at the airport. Do I really want to sit there and binge watch uh, Game of Thrones? <laughs> right. And my answer was yes, but I turned off episode two anyway. Um Look, we're talking about something that is so powerful if we can get this. It is a game changer. It's a mental game changer. It's a physical game changer and certainly is a spiritual one. So, uh, you know, this is inherent in the work that you do. Let's talk about for a minute, you know, this idea of these steps, you know, where we move the molecules but one of the things I know you talk about, because you talked about it your own journey, is the idea of moving from resentment to gratitude. And while that sounds so simple, there is a way to do it. And it might be it might be simple, but I don't think you and I are saying it's easy. That's right. It's right. We we were explaining quite a bit here today, Pat, and it, it does sound simple, but putting it into, into practice is work. But what we keep repeating here is that it's worth it. Because every time we invest in ourselves this way, it's a payoff. And here we are talking about our circumstances and what our circumstances are trying to tell us. And sometimes we can even say our circumstances are good. But good can be the enemy of great. Good can mean that level where we're settling a bit. We're not really listening. We're pushing down a little bit of our longing. We're not even allowing what comes up as discontent to fully express itself. We're saying, hey, this is fine. I used to go around saying, I'm fine. This is fine. This is the best I get. You know, this is good enough. And, and inside, it probably wasn't true, but I wasn't listening. So we're talking here about, okay, now where can we go to start lifting into a vibration where we can start taking control of our life and put our focus on something that's going to serve us and not hurt us. One of the best places we can look and focus upon is on gratitude. This can be especially difficult, you know, when our circumstances look really bad. 
but there's always, always something to be grateful for. And it's when we train our awareness to go to gratitude first that we're uplifted from a lower vibration. And that is, you know, where we, you know, we think we have to come up with big things. No, we don't. If you're in the United States like I am, then you're enjoying many things that our fellow humans on this planet are only dreaming about. Indoor plumbing, hot and cold running water, access to a wide variety of food or even a car. So, you know, just anything. You get the idea. There is something always to be grateful for. And we start with the small things, even if we can't find the big things. And that causes us to notice even more. And we become a magnet in this level, in this higher vibrating field. And if the opposite, of course, is true too. Remember that, because when we focus on our lack, evidence of lack is all we see. Our eyes become blinded to our good and the possible good even that awaits us when we can make a concerted effort to put ourselves back in gratitude. And here, Pat, is where I want to check in on how family beliefs and childhood events can remain with us and create this current reality because both gratitude and lack can act as magnets. And, you know, one attracts more to be grateful for and the other actually continues to take away and keep us in lack mode. So many attitudes about money are formed growing up. That's just one. And as we take on the beliefs about money, that our parents had, when we're dealing with prosperity, what I call prosperity paradigms issues surrounding a a lack, I often check in with my clients about the attitudes they grew up with. And I'll often hear that money was considered scarce Mm -hmm. and hard to come by, or you had Mm -hmm. to work really hard just to scrape by and there was never enough. Or worse, that they didn't deserve it. You know, they weren't You know, they put something on them that made them feel like they were failing. And if someone grew up in a home, let's say, that believed that life was a a struggle and never enough, this mindset just sticks around. It's like part of our genetic makeup at some point. And that same income, interestingly, in another family, but viewed through a different lens, like, oh my gosh, we're so fortunate that we always have plenty, and they always seem to manage to come up with something, and even more for others. That I find truly fascinating. That same income, same amount of kids, and they're not only doing it for themselves in a, in a positive manner, they're giving as well. Um, I have a funny story about when I was a teenager, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but I was so upset. And and I remember, you know, my dad saying something to try to cheer me up. And he, he said, sorry, Sue, you must have the DiLorenzo luck. <laughs> I, I remember feeling like, what? I, I didn't know we had, De, what's the DiLorenzo luck? <laughs> and believe me, that's not anything I want to hand down to any further generations on my family tree. But I, I look back at that and I just laugh. I think, oh my gosh, follow those breadcrumbs and uh-oh. <laughs> so yeah, we, we tend to model ourselves after, uh, especially, and you and I have talked about this before, Pat, modeling ourselves after the same gender parent, not necessarily out of natural admiration, although that can awesome, off, you know, awesome, uh, 
often be the case, but um, it comes in uh, mainly through identifying with the gender and the role they play. And in my case, my mom was so talented. She was so stylish. People would never know. I mean, she was a, a beautiful entertainer in the home. She was funny. But underneath that, her self-esteem was low. And she could not see herself like her friends saw her. And if you had met me before my cancer diagnosis, there was quite a resemblance. Like I appeared happy and confident. I played the piano and guitar. I was a good cook. I loved to have people over. But it was often like a mask I had constructed so people would not be able to see what a fraud I felt like. And I, I bring all this up just to make the point that I may have fooled the outside world, right? We have a good show going, but I couldn't fool my subconscious mind and no one can, right? Our subconscious is always receiving the real broadcast, that tricky devil. It's like that poem I read in the beginning. It's just going to run us whichever way we, we really believe and not the one we're trying to show the world. Um, I find it fascinating that my mother also went through breast cancer. We were the same age when we were both diagnosed. And I don't, you know, we can talk about the BRCA gene and all that other stuff, but I find that just like a recipe that I followed down to the nth degree. And so throughout my, um, my body, throughout my life, these experiences before cancer for me all really reflected my true beliefs and expectations. Now, did I know that beforehand? Absolutely not. I just thought I was doing the best I could with who I was. And I didn't look into whether I thought I was good enough or not, or that I was angry or upset or disappointed in myself, or even questioning whether I allowed verbal abuse and condescension. I just kept walking on the eggshells, dancing as fast as I could. And where else really um, could this stuff go except into my body and into my marriage and overflowing into any other part of my life that it could spill into? And uh, that's just one area. And if that sounds familiar to any of you, my dear listener, <laughs> let me know. Reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. If this sounds like a very similar story to you, I've done the work. I do it all the time. It's so worth doing. You can reach out to me at Susan at SusanDeLorenzo.com, S-U-S-A-N-D-E-L-O-R-E-N-Z-O.com. And I would love to talk to you. I offer strategy sessions, what I call life mapping sessions, where we look where you're coming from, where you'd like to go, and see what's serving you and what we can get rid of and replace with what's going to bring you to where you really want to be. Susan, one of the things we want to do is we want to bring this all together. Let's take a short break. When we come back, let's go ahead and look at that from the perspective of now here I am. Not only the question of what do I do, but what do I want to do and how do I want to feel when I do it? You know, do I want to keep struggling? Do I want to keep rolling the boulder up the hill <laughs> or do I want to get some assistance? Let's take a short break. Everybody will be right back. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, 
your family and your well-being. Karen Fenton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Are you ready for unfiltered gratitude, unfiltered frequency, and unfiltered creation? Then don't miss Mike Murphy Unfiltered on TransformationTalkRadio.com Thursday from 12 to 2 Pacific Time as Mike Murphy and a cast of powerful guests discuss and demonstrate the principles and practices of the creation frequency. Tune in to unleash the power of your mind. Open the immense energy of the heart to manifest an awesome life filled with true health, wealth, confidence, gratitude, and joy. Unfiltered truth and unfiltered frequency to uncover and let go of limiting beliefs and access your powerful intentions that resonate out into the universe with Mike Murphy Unfiltered. For more information on Mike and his work, visit his website at MikeMurphyUnfiltered.com. People often ask, what does it mean to thrive? On Thrive by Gen Radio, it means body confidence, mind fulfillment, and soul synchronicity. Create synchronicity with God and learn as Jen shares action steps and real stories that will inspire you to be unstoppable in fulfilling your purpose. Tune in live each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit JenniferZellup.com to thrive with Jen. Did you know that when working with the law of attraction, it's beneficial to share your longings with a supportive tribe who can assist in maintaining accountability and hold the creative space for your desires to manifest? I'm Autumn Seibel, host of Golden Otter Radio, where the metaphysical meets the mainstream. Join me each month at the new and full moon to plant your seeds of abundance, consciously tend to your intentions throughout the lunar phases, then harvest the fruits of your co-creation with the universe in my Lunar Manifestations members-only forum. Your tribe is waiting for you at goldenotter.us. In the 70s, Dudley and Dean Evanson traveled the country in a converted school bus with their growing family, documenting the new consciousness that was emerging. Through this adventure, a movement of sound healing was born. Now, Soundings of the Planet is celebrating 40 years of peace through music. Listen to their music for free on all streaming services. Search Dean Evanson to access their expansive catalog on Pandora, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, and YouTube. Visit soundings.com for more info, their blog, podcast, Quieting the Monkey Mind book excerpts, free downloads, and more. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) Susan DiLorenzo is in the house. Susan, look, we're really talking about how we optimize our power and the power of the mind and our awareness. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So let's talk about where we go from here. Right. Let's think about, well, first of all, if you're just tuning in, we've been talking about how our circumstances reflect our thinking. And I really realized this after cancer. And instead of blaming myself for like creating cancer in this bad marriage, I allowed these things to wake me up. You and I both have the opportunity to look to our circumstances and recreate ourselves 
beginning on the inside because there are clues there in those circumstances. It's all feedback, and that's the gift. And that's just like the last episode you and I did, uh, Pat, on reframing failure. We're looking for that feedback so we can make changes. And when we look to our circumstances, the indicators of our thinking, we put the power back in our own hands and no longer fall into victim mode, which, boy, I, it, there's just the, no worse place to be. No worse place than putting ourselves there. So by taking complete ownership of our thinking, we take ownership of our life and our choices. And there's no need. I really want you not to be hard on yourselves by saying, oh, my God, I'm creating all these awful things in my life. No, we're saying wake up, take the need to own a decision and the willingness to put into into new thinking and, and looking at what could be my new level of expectation? Becoming skilled at promoting the thoughts that are going to serve us and then keeping them going <laughs> in spite of what things look like. And that is the trickiest part. It looks like, you know, how can we ever get out of this mess sometimes? But go back to like a new vibration. What we were talking, we were talking about earlier in the last segment about, about gratitude. And by all means, reach out for support reach out to me, Susan at SusanDiLorenzo.com or head to my website. I do so much about this in my blogs. Um, you know, a lot of us can quit before the reward of sustained, chosen thinking gets the chance to prove itself to us. So don't let this happen to you. This is not just about getting better stuff or a better life. It's truly about who you become in the process. And that's where working with a life coach can really make a difference. When we work together, it's about sustaining beliefs that serve and then kicking those out that don't, getting them out of the way so you can get to the good stuff. And I found that the ghosts of old thought patterns can still come around to haunt me. And, and the quicker I am to recognize them, and instead of recoiling and going down the rabbit hole with them, I take care to what I say, you know, if we're following the ghost of old thought patterns, look at these ghosts with compassion and a certain acceptance that, you know, they're always going to be at the ready. Each time I don't consciously choose my thinking or my responses, they're always going to be around us. I like to say we're not going to let them drive the car anymore. We're going to put them in the back seat. They're going to buckle up. You're going to hear them calling at you from the back seat. But who's driving the car now? You and me. And that's what I'm inviting you all to do is to sustain belief while things still look tough. And just tell yourself, you know what? This is what it looks like while everything's coming together with me for me. And then don't quit. Keep working on this stuff. Get the help you need. Make a decision. Without the decision nothing else can change. If you're just dabbling in it, that's all you're going to get, some inconsistent uh, res results. It wasn't an overnight transformation. And it's always going to be a work in progress. But as we grow in awareness, more comes up to be transformed. Now, boy, that can sound depressing. <laughs> but it's ultimately powerful because you're getting good at this stuff. And it's freeing if we keep going. The barriers come down. And life gets a whole lot more fun and expansive. And this is my wish for all of us. 
So I hope that helped you. Please reach out to me. My uh, email again is susan at susandelorenzo.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-D-E-L-O-R-E-N-Z-O.com. I'd love to hear from you. Let's get together and see how we can help mm-hmm. you. Yeah, Susan, let, let's just, we have a few minutes left. So I want to make sure that we're looking at um, the the end game of when all is said and done. Because yes. we started out to talk about our circumstances. And, uh, and look, I, I know that sometimes we cannot change our circumstances. What that means is, uh, one of my favorites is yeah. Viktor Frankl. And Viktor Frankl was placed in a concentration camp. You know, his book was pivotal for me Beautiful uh, in my evolution. And so what I think you're saying here today, and maybe you can give us a personal message on this, is that we get circumstances, but we don't have to become them, right? That's right. And that, I think, goes back to the idea that these are messages, messages back to us. They're not a life sentence. And that's actually where the opportunity lies. That yes, you can't miraculously look at your bank account tomorrow and find a million dollars in there. And what we say in this wonderful world of transformation is that sometimes you can't make things happen, but you can make them welcome. And how do we do that? That's with our thinking. So starting now brings the next uh, how can we say that? The now builds the future, but we can only do it in the now. We can't wait for somebody else to come and rescue us. It's got to be taking responsibility and making the decision so that when we see these circumstances, first of all, compassion, number one, number one. When I was going through cancer, when I was going through divorce, I didn't go, oh, look at your crummy thinking. <laughs> I thought, okay. Now I get to live. What does that mean? How do I want that to look? You get really clear on what, if you don't like what you're looking at now, you get really clear on what you do want to look, uh, what you do want it to look like. And if you keep the idea of three years from now, hmm, what kind of a life would I like to be living? Sometimes if we say next year, that subconscious will go, when have you ever done anything in a year? Come on. But if we open it up and we say, hmm, three years from now, what kind of a life would I love to be living? Then we got something to work with. And what is that person doing in that three-year version of myself? How does she get up in the morning? What is she doing for exercise? What is she eating? Where is she working now? And that will give you some clues. And that will give you some mindsets. One of the things, Susan, I love about this is let's go back to it. Adversity. Yes. Awesome. Everything underneath your work from adversity to awesome. Not because you say so, but because you've lived it. And now your body of work is in support of other people. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Yeah, website again, please. One last time. Yes, SusanDeLorenzo.com. S-U-S-A-N-D-E-L-O-R-E-N-Z-O.com. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great day. Yes, Susan DeLorenzo, everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm Dr. Pat. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Life Design Radio, from adversity to awesome, with me, Susan DiLorenzo. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com as I join with Dr. Pat and offer up the best tools for pulling the gems from adversity and designing a life you would really love. No matter where you are in your adversity story, the topics on Life Design Radio are here to inspire, 
reassure, enlighten, and motivate you. For more information on life design coaching with me, or to listen to this show again, visit SusanDiLorenzo.com. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.